Welcome to the Flourishing in Christ podcast, part of the Vine, the Trellis, and the Crow teaching series. You're listening in to conversations with leaders across City on a Hill. And as we start, we have two quotes from two key leaders in our church. The Apostle Paul said, We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And he's an influencer around here. Jonathan Edwards said, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. My name's Louis. I'm from City on Hill Surf Coast. With me, you can today uh, welcome both Emily and Kirby Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. Cue applause. Cue applause. <laughs> it's a family affair today. It is. It is. It's... That's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, just if you're listening in, uh, we are we do have Kirby Lancaster, which is Emily's dad, Emily's father, mm-hmm. Faja, and um, <laughs> Faja. And this was my idea. It wasn't Emily's idea. Uh, mm. So um, I'm stoked to have you on, Kirby. Welcome. Well, it's really good to be here, and um, and my I hope it's okay that I join you. <laughs> always always okay <laughs> oh this is gonna be fun <laughs> I was like ready for this to go i've so looked forward to this episode i really have i really have um kirby can you introduce yourself to uh, our listeners today perhaps tell us a little bit about your city on a hill story and work that in with your australian story because uh you don't have the accent of the gods um, or the angels, the Australian Oka accent. Um, no. People will mm-hmm. notice that uh, um, there's 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 something influencing those golden pipes of yours. Yeah, and if you're in doubt, it's probably always best to guess Canadian first. Because <laughs> if you guess a Canadian as an American, um, you can maybe not create a friend straight away. But if you guess an American as a Canadian, they go ah, just a little further south. Yeah, I um, I'm a min- immigrant. Uh, we migrated here back in early of 1984, so we've been here now what 30, a bit over 39 years. Mm-hmm. And so, my city on a hill journey though actually began in 2021. It was Good Friday, and we found ourselves down at uh, Surf Coast, and we just knew really from that weekend that that was where we were going to plant ourselves and call it home. I mean, there were some kind of backstory sorts of rationale in in my desire to be there. And there was a, a, a different backstory for my wife, but collectively we were both on the same page and hmm. it has only grown from strength to strength. To use an old um, Ohio-American saying, I better not. <laughs> it's like, I do not know where this is going, but I don't think it's Well, so it's just, um, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, we're, we're like pigs in mud, but that's not attractive for my wife, but that's, it probably says it for me. I just really couldn't be happier and delighted where God has placed us. Well, it, it might be appropriate for when we have a, a wet weather service uh, during our outdoor <laughs> services. We could be pigs in mud. Um, so who, who knows? Uh, yeah. It's true. I think it's only happened twice. Right. <laughs> or, uh, twice that I've been there, anyway. Yeah. 
And in my whole life, I don't think mum has ever owned gumboots and now she has two pairs. So oh, <laughs> yeah. yes. we always grew up with like our church shoes and now mum's church shoes are plastic. And I don't really know what to do with that. Um, we embrace it. That's a look, it won't be long and she won't be wearing shoes, Em. Um, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. She even bought a rain jacket recently. The whole way that she buys clothing for church now has totally changed. <laughs> it's like oh, well, we we go to camping stores and we we buy robust outdoor stuff and and it's this great fun. Oh, <laughs> what fun. a journey! What a journey! And how um, do you feel about having your dad on the podcast? Oh, I think it's great. Um, my dad is a great uh, source of encouragement for me and a great source of wisdom. Um, and he 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 buried the lead a little bit. Um, but I grew up as a pastor's kid. I think I've mentioned that. Um, a couple episodes ago, and so, like, I grew up under my dad's teaching, um, and so there's this element of it's strange, um, just even in this setting, like, to be doing something together in ministry. My ministry time started after I moved out of home and moved churches and moved to Melbourne um, and after uni, and so being able to do something together is actually quite fun, um, and this is the first time, <laughs> which is uh, strange, actually, now to think about it. Um, he's proofread a few of my things um, and a few of my essays for college. Um, but, no, I think it's a real privilege. And I think thinking through the topic and thinking of rhythms and, yeah, what it looks like to follow Jesus closely, um, I've had the privilege of growing up in a home where that was a priority, um, something that mum and dad both embodied um, pre-me being born, so it was kind of a space that I was born into um, as opposed to a space that was developed over time. Um, and so as we were thinking through this podcast, I know Louis um, uh, really brought this up with thinking through this episode of like the kingdom to come, like living with eternity in mind. Um, and to me it makes a lot of sense um, <laughs> that you asked Dad, Louis, because I think um, this is someone who I know who has seen it. I've seen up close um, the lens that that is, uh, the hope that that can bring in hard times, uh, but also the confidence that it can bring in the good times as well. Uh, so, Dan, thanks a lot um, for being here and for making the time uh, to chat with us. But I think, first of all, something that we have been asking people to kind of understand people's relationship with Jesus is finding out from them, what is it about him that you love? Um, if, like, if you're living with eternity in mind, you are confident in the one who has created the way, yeah. Um, yeah. and you and you love him deeply. So, what is it about Jesus that you love? Mm. Oh goodness, settling it in on one. Um, I, I just think initially my response is just his 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 approachableness, um, mm. the the with him reality that. That Jesus calls us into relationship, you know, when he, even when he issued that first call to the guys along the sea, the seashore, he said, you know, follow me, hmm. follow me, and, and I'll make you fishers of men. He he calls us to himself. He, he he doesn't call us to a particular doctrinal code or a denominational, whatever, but into a into a relationship with himself. And and the thing that really stood out to me even as a kid growing up in a church was that what really caused people to sit up and take notice 
that these ordinary guys that Jesus was was transforming in extraordinary ways. Uh, the one thing that was really there was that birthmark. You know, they they had been with Jesus. They they loved mm-hmm. Jesus. They hung out with Jesus, and somehow that that proximity, um, you know, made all the difference. And uh, and so I, I to me that's just that that closeness, the intimacy with which he he invites us to enter into relationship with him. Kind of uh, the pastor at Surf Coast tells us, you know, if you're going to have a one word synopsis of the vine, the trellis and the crow, it would just be abide. Uh, And to me, hang out, you know, just be, enjoy. Mm. And it's with, you know, and so that, that's probably been my fallback uh, over the years. Mm. Mm. Dad, what are some ways that you hang out with Jesus? Like that, with that being a thing that you love about him. Um, yeah, what are some ways that you like to do that? Well, this morning, um, probably uh, I surprised myself as I was driving to work, uh, getting caught up again uh, singing <laughs> with reckless abandon as if no one was watching, um, oblivious to the fact that I was at a light and people were watching <laughs> I looked over, and it's almost like that little girl who's eating these gummy bears or something in, in the backseat of her mom's SUV, and the the lady who's next, you know, pulled up next to her is looking at her awkward, and the mother turns up the stereo. And so I didn't turn up the stereo because it was already loud enough, but I just sang louder, and um, I, probably just trying to articulate in different ways of recent, just that that love that I have, and in, in singing some of my favorite songs, uh, one of mm. which is I Love You, Lord. But then mm. I've, I've created a medley that goes for about six minutes. <laughs> and um, and it just it, it's a whole gamut of unrelated songs, but they're related in my thinking because they're just an expression of my love for Jesus. Yeah. Is there anything more like Christian musical nerd that like I've created my own medley to help me love Jesus? <laughs> That's great. Is that what you yeah. do when you're surfing, Louie? Uh, my favorite song to to think over and to hum while I surf is actually How Great Thou Art. Um, mm. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, to look at the skies and the wonders around me and just to remember the words of that psalm as well. Just uh, it helps me to... Uh, and. This is a word, a weird word when you're sitting floating on a surfboard, but it helps me to be grounded spiritually. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, I just I, I really I find yeah, sorry. Um, to answer your question, yes, I do have my own medley uh, path there. <laughs> um, but Kirby, that's that's a uh, that's a wonderful like uh, mm. pointer forward to what we're thinking about today because a picture of our physical beholding of God is one of every tribe of every nation together singing. You know, that we're like every time we sing at church, we're we're warming up for what's going to be what we get to do eternally. And can I just say, redeemed uh, you know, resurrected vocal cords, yes please for me. Um uh what what is it about the future perspective of us, the certainty of um you know of being with Christ in a in a in that fleshiness uh 
recreatedness that just has not only helps you but has helped you. Um, feel free to yeah to take that wherever you wish. But um, yeah, in the, the longevity of the the, the Christian pilgrimage, mm. yeah. I grew up hearing people make comments that you know they're they're so heavenly minded they're no earthly good, mm. and, and I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I know what they mean by that or meant by that statement, mm. but C.S. Lewis once said, and I, I I'm going to paraphrase him, but he he basically said if if you read history accurately, you're going to find that the Christians who did most for this present world were those who actually thought more about the next mm. and cites people like the apostles or or those who set in motion uh, the conversion of the Roman Empire or um, mm. the builders of the great Middle Ages or the English evangelicals who, like Wilberforce, who abolished the slave trade. You know, all these people left their mark indelibly on this earth precisely because their minds were preoccupied with heaven. Mm. And I think since people kind of have lost that, um, it's it's diminished our ability to have an impact upon the world. Because again, Lewis says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Mm. But if you aim at earth, you're going to get neither one. Mm. And I, I think... I have always been wanting to kind of be a part of a generation of heavenly-minded people who who see human beings and literally everything on this earth, not simply as they are, but as God intends them to be. Mm. Because um, the now and the not yet are woven in the tapestry of Everything that I see in Scripture and everything that I see that God's doing in our world, oh. uh, and so that you know that's really been part and parcel um, in my thinking. If, if that's kind of a start to answering your question, hmm. how is that? Um, yeah, I think that's a help. I I think it's helpful to separate like the goodness of it. Um, and the eternal perspective and the way that that can really positively impact uh, the day-to-day now. Because, um, yeah, I've heard I've heard that quote that you mentioned of, like, they're not of any earthly good. And I've always wondered, I was like, oh, is that true? Like, that doesn't feel true to the people who I know who, like, genuinely look forward to heaven and understand, like, the beautiful implications of heaven. Mm. Um how how does having that uh, with eternity in mind and that that perspective having I think I think you said like um, having a preoccupation of heaven I'd be almost like preoccupied by that. Um, how has that helped you in the day to day of following Jesus? Like what what has that done to shape um, your walk with Him now, um, with the world around you, but also like in and of yourself and your relationship with Him. Yeah. Well, it helps me zoom out. Um and 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 in seeing the bigger picture, it it makes um the meta narrative, if you will, uh, causes the micro narrative um 
to be much more manageable. Um, whether I'm I'm going through a, a painful time or observing a family member who lives in constant pain, um, constant nausea, whose energy levels are really diminishing, and and recognizing that somehow these afflictions are securing for her an eternal weight of glory. Wow. Uh, as we looked at on Sunday, we had a portion of Hebrews and who for the joy that was set before him. So mm. when we keep our eyes on something that is yet future, that is glorious, you know, that's, that's literally going to take our breath away. That transposes itself naturally into to infusing almost like a a, a grace induced sort of unquenchable optimism in the present it 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 it's it kind of reminds you yet yeah, you can do this and and it's not you can do this but i'm here to do this for you i mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down in little doable bites and and so it's all not almost like it is the reality that I'm by the Holy Spirit energized to mm. kind of all right recalibrate look at my situation through a different set of eyes and and those distance glasses those bigger picture panoramic views when. When I begin to view my current situations through that lens, it it really makes it doable because I, mm. I'm I'm seeing it from his vantage point. Um, and maybe if I were to sum up in a word, it's proximity. Mm. Um, proximity changes our perspective. Um, it closeness has a way of confirming the truth where distance sometimes and losing sight of the big picture um, has a, a distorting reality. I'm not, I'm not going to see things with the clarity that I need to see them. And so these, the, these heavenly things, the, the big picture reality of what God has promised yet future is transposed into my heart in the present. And it's not a one off act it's a series of ongoing acts of faith. I, sometimes I have to do many times through the day. Mm. One, because I, I have a short memory, but two, because the challenges are ongoing. They're, they're unending and probably will be for the extent of my earthly life. But I think it, it, it creates this dependent posture. And, you know, John Piper says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I could tweak that and say, God is most glorified in us when we are most dependent upon him. He loves mm -hmm. them. Whereas I'm most vulnerable in my areas of expertise or perceived proficiency, because it's in those areas that I can easily go off and think, I've got this. And mm -hmm. I don't. And I don't. So that's that's kind of how it works and helps me. Mm -hmm. That's helpful, Kirby. Thank you. I, I love that future future picture. Uh, and as that's probably worth those listening in when they when we say the word heaven, uh, mm -hmm. we're not uh, we're not talking about sitting on the clouds as uh, you know, wearing 
what do they say, wearing diapers and playing harps. Uh, but we're thinking of the new creation, uh, mm. fleshy, physical, behold, all things have been made new. Um, mm. Jesus resurrected as a live, living, fleshy, ate fish, sorry, vegetarians, creature and human. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kirby, uh, for those listening in that feel like, oh, uh, you know, that they're, they're new to reading the Bible and they've... Um, they're new to this concept of uh, this future reality, um, and it and it does feel sometimes maybe a little bit ethereal, perhaps um, a bit out there in distance. And oh, can I really believe that? If you if you bring us back to the person and work of Jesus, what is it about uh, him and what he's done that gives you a certainty for mm-hmm. the life to come that is promised? Okay. Um, well, let's just take um, the work of Christ in in, in setting us free. Mm. Uh, the, the work of the gospel, that, that, that the message of of why Christ came, um, the now but not yet reality kind of. It's sometimes described as a tension, but I, I, I don't know if tension's my favorite word for it. But I get that. There, there seems to be a tension between the benefits of all that Jesus has done in our redemption right now, and yet there's benefits that are, we're still waiting for. Mm. And and so Jesus, huh. in the past, um, saved me. He, he rescued me from the very penalty of sin. He, he bore in... In my body, my, in his body, my sin, so that I could be then given and have his righteousness put on my account. And so I, I was saved from the penalty of sin. And that's kind of a past event. Mm. And Bible teachers call that justification. But the gospel is not just a past event story. It's a present event story. That not only am I saved from the penalty of sin, but I, I, I'm I'm being saved daily from the power of sin. When when I'm when I'm facing temptation, uh, and and I look to Christ and and I claim promises and truths that He's given me, He gives me a, the ability to say no, <laughs> no. Yeah. And 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 there's this expulsive power of the affection that He is nourishing in my heart for Him that says. Okay, right now, Kirby, you can be saved from the power of sin in this situation. And that's a big word that theologians call sanctification. That just means incrementally, day by day, moment by moment, mm. God is committed to making me more and more like Jesus. Mm. But even there, the gospel doesn't stop. It, it keeps on going because the gospel is future, that one day, I'm going to be saved from the very presence of sin. I'm going to be out of here. I'm, I'm not going to any longer be bound in this body that that keeps me very much earthbound. I'm, I'm promised that there is a glory that yet awaits me and a glorification. When I see him, I'm going to be like him, for I'm going to see him as he is. So even the gospel itself and all aspects, even the Bible story from creation, fall, redemption, and recreation, it 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 it's a panoramic 
even all all of the words that relate to salvation in our New Testament are in are in a tense that basically mean the verbs are in a tense such that it begins at a point in time and they continue right on out into eternity. Mm-hmm. Which means, and I didn't know this when I was growing up. I didn't know. I thought the gospel was a story that led you to the door and you and 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 you either opened it or somebody opened it for you and you went in and you were in. Mm. You know, the gospel was a message that got you on the inside. And then I realized the gospel and opening that door and going in, there is a series of other doors. And and it's just it's unending. It's it's like it keeps on giving and and providing for us in ways that we never imagined. And so um to me, Jesus embodies that because mm-hmm. he came, he he literally proximity was important. The word mm-hmm. became flesh. He he pitched his tent in my village. And he did that for a lot of reasons. But then he left. But before he left, he said, Hey, I'm going. In my mother's house, there are many rooms. And I'm going and I'm going to set one up for you. And I'll come again and, and I'll get you and I'll take you to be where I am so that where I am, you can be too. So it's it's an ongoing story that's not yet finished. And yet it's an epic story of redemptive, glorious proportions. And And the more I learn about it, um, the more I love it, and the more I realize how how much more there is to know. I, I wish I would have known 20 years ago or 37 years ago when I started at a church in Geelong what I know today. But then I hope if I live another 10 years, I'll say then, I wish I had 10 years ago when I was doing that podcast what I know today. <laughs> it's just getting better and better. and And that's because... God has promised us not only grace for the present, but there's so much grace that yet awaits us in the future, and so much mercy that greets us every morning when we open our eyes. And that, so that's kind of what really gets me excited. That's awesome, Kirby. Thank you for gospeling us in that. Mm. I'm hearing there what I think is one of the most exciting realities of the Christian journey, and that is. Mm. The story's not over. We're still in the story. And and then you go, well, hold on a minute. What? And it's just like, yeah. And join me in the story. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think it's just like in the end, everything will be okay. And we know where we're headed. And it's mm-hmm. just like until the end, like let's go together. <laughs> like yeah. It's just gets yeah. better and better and better. That's, right. um, that's beautiful. Some of you even said that it's it it's it's more than a story, it's a drama. Mm. Mm. And it because we're invited into this we're invited into the script and yeah. we're mm. we're in the cast. I mean, I was thinking today, you know, I you know, podcast would Kind of what it's <laughs> never done that before. <laughs> no, I mean I've, I've I've cast a vote, a shadow, 
the occasional stone, a fishing line. I've been in a cast for a high school musical. I've worn a cast on my arm. <laughs> and yet it, it's it's something that I'm being drawn into. Yeah. Uh, it, this is part of God's story. And mm. and it make what makes it a drama is it it's meant to be lived out. Mm. It, it's very hands-on, practical. And and that's what I love about Jesus. It's so down to earth, organic, almost as organic as Surf Coast. <laughs> really organic, you know, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Well, Kirby, I'll I'll uh I'm gonna um take you on that surf coast thing there. You'll know this. One thing we'll often come back to in the way that we try to do things at Surf Coast is, is we want to do things simply, faithfully, and beautifully. And by beautifully, we talk about beautiful are the feet that bring the good news. Um, with eternity in mind, um, what what practical advice would you give to the person that just longs to journey with Jesus and discover more about their part in the drama? What practical advice would you give to that man or woman as they are just like, yeah, sign me up. What's what's my role in the in in this? Like, wh- what would you point them to if it was you know just say two or three things? Hey, you see someone that's like, I want to. I want I, I I want to play my part. What what do you what comes to mind as you sort of as we looking in the frame that we've sort of set so far? Mm-hmm. I love how Jesus raised his engagement and doing what his father wanted him to do. He said, "I I I don't do anything of my own initiative." I watch my father, mm. and whatever I see my father do, well, that's what I do. And, you know, if that's Jesus, and we're called to be like him, then I, that, to me, is my my entry point. Um, mm. I, 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 want, I want to act at the impulse of God. I, I want him to be the initiator. Um, now... If that needs a, a little bit of an illustration, I'll, I'll give a quick one. For over 40 years, I, I wanted to go to India. I've been there now for 23 years. And Lord willing, I'll go back in September. I wanted to go for 40 years. And I knew I could contact any mission organization about India trips and go. But I didn't want to do that. I I, I, I never knew that if if that would be of my initiative mm. or if it would be of God. So I, I didn't, I, and I just was very simple, and I said, mm. God, you know my address. Mm. So I'm just going to wait for you. And mm. when he orchestrated it, the first time, everything fell through, but it was clearly he orchestrated that it would fall through because it was that initial orchestration that gave contact to the mm-hmm. next initiative of God that actually panned out, and I went. Yeah. So that, the opportunity that I've been able to be involved with for 23 years was birth. So that's probably the, the place that I would start. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, a lot of the promises of God, if, if they're not being realized in our life at present, they will be. Yeah. Sometimes... 
we have a promise and we're not experiencing the fruition of that or we're we seem to be living in a period of discrepancy like how long oh lord how long you've promised this what's going on and god is really great at allowing us to live in perhaps the most refining of crucibles which i call the wait mm. uh, because he's insanely timely mm. never in a hurry but never late and and so what i do is i, I the more promises of God that I can nourish my mind with, they really are, because all the promises of God in Christ are, and yes, <laughs> you know, they're just affirmed. And mm. there's something that you can press into and lean on and look to and learn from. And, and so by memorizing some or just mulling them over in my mind, um, it, it, it gives me this unquenchable optimism um, mm. that enables me. But if I'm not, you know, I'm a I'm my own worst enemy. So that mm. would be the second. So the first one, let God take the initiative. Thirdly, just immerse yourself in uh, promises and just meditate on it. And, uh. and then probably thirdly, when you look at all the things that are on the offer that we can do, Sometimes it can become a little overwhelming. Like, where do I start? And yeah. it can seem like we're we're being called to master a whole bunch of principles, and and we're not. We're we're called to follow, mm. and in following him, he will make doable everything that we might see that we put on the too hard list. You know. Um, so it's, again, it, that comes back to relationship. He, he's calling, he says, follow me. He calls me to himself he, and he says, I will make you. You see there, Oswald Chambers once said, there's a feigned passion for the souls of men that is nothing more than a desire to bring people to your own point of view. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Jesus is he said, Hey guys, chill out. I've got this. I'll build my church. And he's not talking about a building. He's talking about real life, flesh and blood people, all walks of life, all levels of maturity, all, all capa differing capacities. He says, I'll meet you where you are, and I will form the image of myself in you, and I have a work that I've prepared in advance that you can do because I've given you everything that you need to do it. Yeah, And so those things for me, work simply together and make it doable um, wow. at all steps of life. Yeah. That's excellent, Kirby. Hey, um, can I try and do a summary of that? Because there's some great stuff there. I like summaries because it just it's 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 just it's for my own head because mm. if I can summarize it, I've started to understand it. And you can say yay or nay to this. It's living with a view of eternity starts with waiting on the Father's direction and letting the promises of God give you patience in the crucible of that wait. And as we wait, we immerse ourselves in the promises of God by starting with the person of Jesus. How'd I go? You, you done well. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, that's great. Oh, 
<laughs> I'll take that from from the pastor of over three decades. That's a uh, uh, we've all we, we always should be learning. That's good. You could um, uh, you could do a Reader's Digest. Yeah, right. Oh, there's a throwback. Look out. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's good. I think one of the I think one of the most helpful things in that dad was just this reminder of like closeness confirms truth. Mm. Like I think there's the world tells us so much. <laughs> like helpfully, unhelpfully, the world is noisy mm. and it can be hard to navigate truth um, and to seek it out. And to, and so I think like just this idea, it was something that I wrote down and then I underlined it. So I was like, Emily, I think you need to remember this. Like closeness to the father, not my dad, to the father will help me confirm what is true. You know, like capital F father, you know. Um, like this is what will help me confirm what is true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's going to be like that, that writing in the sky, like, almost like writing in the sky like that, very clear truth. Mm. And then there's also just going to be times where it's like I just need to trust that he is there yeah, and that that is the truth. Like that is actually the truth that I hold on to. Yeah. Um, it might not be the inside of what is to come or it might not. Um, it doesn't always give us like the black and white, but it does give us this this hope to hold on to, this this. Um, this truth to be able to walk forward in um, no matter what. Yeah. You know, and and I I had to had to really step back about 15 minutes ago when we were talking about like just the working of the gospel and the like full completion of confidence that we have in it, but also like just this ongoing work and this ongoing reality that we live in. Um because I think that can be really hard. Like I had to lean back because I was like, that's actually really hard um, sometimes to uh, truly trust and not in like an intellectual, theological way, but in a, okay, God, I'm I'm really trusting you in this because life sucks or life is really good. I feel like I'm making a lot of excellent decisions um, so I'm going to keep trusting myself and it's that going back to him in both, from both camps, um, like that proximity, that proximity piece. Well, it's what we've been talking about for weeks, you know, isn't it? Like it's, it's that abiding in, it's that this is what helps us in the day to day. But I think you've helpfully given us, um, language and think to things to think through of how we can do this with eternity in mind. Yeah. Um, and with eternity being more than singing 10,000 reasons in heaven forever and ever on repeat, like there's so much more to eternity than that. There sure um, And it's like, and that is really good news, not because it's a bad song, but it's just really good news to know that eternity is really rich and we will see the fulfillment of these promises. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just That's following right. you, Louis, like verbally processing what I've been <laughs> through and- that's um, great. Now, I think, I think it's good to think through that. Yeah. Well, maybe Kirby will close with just one one last reflection from yourself. Uh, perhaps it is, but maybe we're going to assume it's not. Uh, if it's not singing 10,000 Reasons on repeat, 
What is it that you are looking forward to in eternity? Um, just pick from your top 50 anywhere up there. Um, God. <laughs> God, Jesus. Look. Um, Come on. Yeah, Sunday school answers. You know, City kids, here we are. Everything that Jesus <laughs> accomplished for us at the cross was was not to to take us to a place, though it is a place, and it's a place that we're going to absolutely love. I I'm not a city person, but when I read the description of the New Jerusalem, oh my madness! I wouldn't want to miss it. I, you know, I look forward to the day. But what what makes heaven heaven? Mm-hmm. And it's it's the very presence of our God. Yeah. And and looking into the face of, of Jesus, the one who loved us and and gave us self for us, you know, and kind of keeping that there, um, you know, you you've undoubtedly read the story about that young swimmer Florence Chadwick back in the fifties. Probably not. Maybe. Okay, but you know, in in I think it was in nineteen fifty two, um. She stepped off Catalina Island into the Pacific Ocean, and her goal, she wanted to swim to mainland California, which is roughly about 42K. But the morning she chose to go, it was stinking cold and foggy, yeah. and she could barely see the boats that were traveling alongside. And she she swam for a little over 15 hours and with different times begged to be taken out of the water. But her mom kept cheering her on and told her she could make it. But finally, physically and emotionally exhausted. She gave up. She stopped swimming, and they pulled her out. And when she got on the boat, she discovered the fact that shore was less than a kilometer away. I mean, she was 98%. And at the conference the next day that all the news people held, she said, all I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. And you know what? Mm. I can relate to those words. Because sometimes the fog gets so thick that it's difficult to actually see what's really in front of me. And I end up focusing on the fog. But Jesus has changed all that. You know, and and he gives me the shoreline, if you will, that helps me navigate life. And and I have to recalibrate a lot. And I'm I'm finding that I would I was I thought that maybe when I got older I would do it less, but as I get older, I'm doing it more. And maybe it's because I'm getting older I realize how much more I need Jesus every day, mm. and how much more I'm convinced that apart from Him, I can't do anything. And when that really sinks in, then God is absolutely chuffed. Mm. He rejoices over us with singing and says, yes, that's where I want you. Look to me, lean on me. Hmm. Got this. And the, the beauty of that story too, Kirby, makes me think, do you know what? None of us will be able to swim the whole way. In that illustration, Jesus is the boat. Hmm. Hey. And he, he calls us to swim. And we should be swimming but none of us will make it. But in the end, he's just like, 
I'm going to take you to the shoreline anyway. Mm. So even if you feel like you failed, mm. it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Amen. Um, hey, Kirby, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I thanks, have- Dad. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I've uh, I've had my bucket filled from uh, reliving and rethinking through the gospel and also just hanging out with the mm-hmm. lankies for an afternoon. Um, thank you so much. But uh, oh, Let's yeah. not make that a thing. Oh, come on. All right. Now that you've said that, it will become a thing. Okay. Help me, City on a Hypnose. <laughs> um, before I close it, before I close this out, um, there is one thing you can help us with, City on a Hill, if... Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last however many weeks it's been, Em and I, we have um we've had a blast. Uh we feel like uh we've had a great time. Uh so it's been a massive win. Absolutely. <laughs> Our last episode, we're just gonna um Em and I are gonna chat about the things that we've enjoyed. Um but also open it up if anyone to throw a question in, uh we could do those um unscripted because that's been that's basically been the podcast so far. Unscripted, yep. would that be yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll be fine, right? Whatever, whatever question you send, probably on the subject matter would be great. That's right. Ideally, if there's been things that you, you know, we've, we've talked to a bunch of people, we've covered yep. a lot of things, um, and Louis and I have had the like the privilege to be able to ask the questions, to ask the follow up things of like, oh, what about this or different things that we're thinking through. Um, and so we really wanted to open it up and and throw it out there. If yeah, if people have questions. Let us know. Like we can continue the conversation a little bit. Um, I think that would be, yeah, a really fun way to end this season of the podcast. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Kirby. Um, let us sign out Hello. with a a super clear picture on what we have to look forward to uh, in the from the Book of Revelation in what uh, the disciple that Jesus loved he got to see this last image and. Uh, I reckon I'll be able to get through it if I read it because it's pretty darn awesome. Revelation 21, (laughs) then I saw a new heaven and new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was sitting on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Amen. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to the VTC podcast. Uh, You're with uh, Louis, M and Kirby. And uh, I'm going to say goodbye. See ya.